0: Real estate is a tough business. It can be a long and complicated journey involving contractors, agents, inspectors, lenders, and appraisers. The appraiser is the valuation expert and determines value in real estate. Yet most in the industry don't know much about the appraisal process, and we want to change that.
1: I'm John Sledge, a retired real estate appraiser turned investor. My wife, Kaylin and I started this podcast to share insights into analyzing real estate through the eyes of an appraiser and to share stories to help you avoid costly mistakes on your real estate journey. This is the Think Like an Appraiser podcast, Cautionary Tales in Real Estate.
0: This is episode number 23 of the Think Like an Appraiser podcast, Cautionary Tales in Real Estate. And today, John and I are going to be discussing the three different appraisals that will be required when you're doing a value-add project of any sort, whether it's a fix and flip, or a buy and hold, you're going to have to have three different appraisals.
1: It's a topic that always seems to cause confusion. I recently did a webinar with Express Capital Financing out of New York, and and you can find that on their website and their YouTube channel, and uh, we will be posting that on our YouTube channel here uh, soon. So it's a webinar that we, we discussed how to think like an appraiser, and one of the the topics, one of the things we talked about was the three different appraisals that uh, are tied to any value-add project. And and that there were many questions because people don't understand that there, there are three.
0: Well, and when you're having three appraisals on one project, it's important to understand what the appraisal process is, what the appraiser is looking for, Again, it's important to think like an appraiser. If three times during this project, your value is being determined by the appraiser, don't you think that's important to know?
1: Yeah, it's critical.
0: So let's start and talk about the very first appraisal that's going to happen when you borrow money. So your lender is going to require an as-is appraisal. Correct. So, can you explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, the as-is appraisal is determining the value on the property as it stands today. So, this would be tied to the purchase of the property. So, it'll be an appraisal. The appraisal will come out and do a site visit. They'll determine the value of the home as it is today. Therefore, So, you is. really
0: don't have any control over that appraisal. As If you want to buy, not you as the appraiser. Right. I mean, you as an interested buyer of the property. The purpose of that appraisal is the lender just wants to make sure, okay, we know where this property stands right now as, as it is in the condition it is in today. Right. That's
1: your typical appraisal that you get in any purchase of a property. They're just determining what the value is of the property so that based on the purchase that they're loaning the correct amount of money for the collateral as it says today.
0: So that is kind of step one. Correct. All right. The as-is appraisal. Alright, now let's talk a little bit about the second appraisal that the lender is going to require and that's the after repaired value appraisal or the ARV. This is a little tricky because this is done before the work is done.
1: Right. So the appraiser is determining the value after the repairs are completed, yet none of the repairs are started. It actually is completed after the same site visit that they completed for the as-is value. So this is all completed prior to the financing for the project.
0: And so this is where you need to, as the prospective buyer and the investor in this property, you have to be specific in your scope of work so that the appraiser can get a visual in their mind so that they know... What value to give that home, right?
1: Exactly. So that's the difficult part is as an appraiser, you typically value a home based on how it is, whether it's been repaired or not been repaired. But you're looking at the home and seeing the work that has been done. But isn't for an after repaired value or an ARV appraisal, you're having to envision what the borrower. Is intending for the home to be to look like when it's completed.
0: So we've talked previously in podcasts about the importance of details and and having pictures and having uh, mater- specific materials picked out when you're determining your scope of work. And um, if you don't have that, it's going to be very hard for the appraiser to come up with an accurate after repaired value on your project so you need details to share with your lender who will pass that on to the appraiser that's what we can help you with
1: no exactly because it's critical the appraiser is going to go in and they're going to look at every area of the home each room and determine based on your scope of work does this compete with the or what comparable sales will this home compete with when it's completed And if you're not clear or you don't have a detailed scope of work, then the appraiser most likely will be very conservative in their their valuation of that. They need to be able to see exactly what it is. And that's why I think like an appraiser, we teach the quality rating system so that you can go through and determine exactly what repairs need to be completed for each room. And you can build your scope of work to ensure that you compete with the comparable sales at the high end of the market and therefore get the highest value for your ARV.
0: Well, let's share for a minute with our listeners the story that kind kind of urged us into getting into this educational piece because you as an appraiser saw a lack of understanding out there when you were appraising. And I that story, you shared it on the webinar the other night, but I, I think we need to share that with our listeners.
1: Yeah. So I had a uh, private investor contact me to complete an as-is and an ARV appraisal for a property that an investor was looking to partner uh, with my client. And uh, he had told me that the the owner of the property had received an inheritance. Uh, They wanted to flip a house, and so they went and bought a home and began renovations. And then they've run out of of money and have approached my client to partner with them to finish the project. Well, I went out on the site visit and the owner met me at the door with a list of, excuse me, recent sales in the neighborhood. And he said, here are the comparable sales. I need to add a bedroom to sell this home for $250,000. And it was li- a list of sales that showed the room count and the size of the home and what the what the price it had sold for. And so I asked him for his scope of work because to complete an ARV, the after repaired value, I would need to know exactly what work he was what 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 his plan was so that uh, so that we would could envision the finished home.
0: Well, before you go on, the original investor paid cash for this so there was this is why none of this was done beforehand correct right he had gotten an inheritance and so had always wanted to be in real estate and found a house and jumped in without a plan
1: correct yeah so there was had never been an appraisal completed previously because this person bought it for cash had cash for the renovations and uh, ran into problems and, and ran out of cash So what I determined is, okay, I'll go ahead and finish the site visit so that I can at least complete an as-is value.
0: Right, because there was no scope of work.
1: Correct. There was no scope of work. We couldn't envision what he was still trying to figure out his plan, so he had no plan except for the fact that he wanted to add an additional bedroom because he felt like that was going to add a substantial amount of value to the home.
0: Which you can do it in different ways. You can add on or you can rework the existing space to add that bedroom and that's now, what his are- focus
1: was he was trying to determine do I rework this whole space and add another bedroom or do I need to add an addition to add a bedroom and that's where his whole focus was um, so when he opened the door and I walked into the living room this these wood floors there were these huge holes cut in the floor in every room in the house and piles of dirt in each room and I and I asked him I said this look of shock, I'm sure, came over my face, and he said, "Yeah, my contractor got in here and and determined we had substantial foundation issues that we had to repair, and just began cutting holes in the floor and excavating to do, to do the repairs." So I mean,
0: what a nightmare! Oh, it, uh, that that's like a a horror story. Can you imagine? Here, this person is in this. He's finally doing something that he always wanted to try. He's excited about it. He finds himself in a situation where he has a house that has holes in the floor, and he's run out of money. It, I mean, that makes me sick to my stomach just thinking well, about no, it.
1: Well, no, and you could tell by the look on his face, just that the emotion that he was dealing with. And, and that's what he was doing. He was reacting because he didn't have a plan. He was reacting to the emotions he was feeling. Oh my God, we got to fix this foundation. His contractor dug into the floor and made, I mean, it was in worse condition than when he bought the house.
0: Right. I mean, so
1: he'd spent all his money and the home was worse than when he started. Well, the home was uninhabitable. It was. And therefore I couldn't complete the as is value either because there's no comparable sales uh, out there and the home's uninhabitable. So due to his lack of planning, I mean, he had no plan. He was basing his decisions completely on emotion.
0: Right. Like you said earlier, he was reacting. And I remember when you came home that day and you told me this story, it was then that we decided we needed to start an educational platform of some sort to talk about the appraisal process and how important it is to understand what the appraiser is doing because they're the ones that determine the value.
1: No, they do. And no one else is teaching this information. And the key here is the scope of work. That has to be determined before you ever start a project or before you ever determine what your after-repaired value should be.
0: Well, and you know, I know that there's a lot of great resources out there. And John and I have been part of other real estate investment forums and those sort of things. And they have calculators that figure things out. But what I find interesting is... They really never tell you how to determine an after repair value because there's so much detail that goes into it. And so they just want a number to fill in. And it's kind of like the wholesalers. You know, there are great wholesalers out there that are giving you true and honest information. Right. Right. But it's very general information because, again, you cannot determine an ARV without knowing the scope of work that's going to take place.
1: And I think that's a great point because the difference between an appraiser's view, which is very detailed when they do their comparisons and they're analyzing comparable sales, and the biggest mistake most people make is they make a generality renovated homes sell for this amount per square foot and non-renovated homes sell for this amount per square foot and you can't look at it in general terms like that
0: and that's why people spend time praying to the appraisal
1: gods they do everybody gets to the end waiting
0: on that appraisal oh please oh please i hope that it makes value i hope i get the number that i want
1: right and if you're doing you have to insure because this time you're doing it three times
0: and again, the first one is the as is when you're purchasing and you don't have any control over that. If no. you but the the ARV appraisal, you need to be detailed in the information that you give the appraisal the appraiser, you need to be detailed in your scope of work. And that all depends on the comparable sales. You need to use your compare the comparable sales to determine the scope of work.
1: Right. Because if you're not using those comparable sales. And a comparable sales is a home that is similar in quality, condition, and size. So, and amenities. So, you got to make sure that the home and the project you're doing is going to make your home compete with these comparable sales. And that's the miss. People go in and think, well, I got to make this pretty, and I have to do this, and I have to add countertops. But you have to look in that specific neighborhood to determine exactly what what renovations you need to do.
0: You know, another thing I think people assume, oh, gosh, this is going to be too hard to analyze all this. It's going to take too much time. I, I don't want to be that detailed. I'm just going to think in general terms because that's easier, which is not hard once you understand the process. We have... Steps in place that make it very easy to look at your deal, just like the appraiser does. No,
1: it does, and and you can tell what specific items need to be renovated and what do not, and because the key to this business is putting more profit in your pocket,
0: right, and not overspending too. You know, we, we we heard that the other day when we were interviewing someone for the podcast, and they said one of the biggest mistakes they saw is people overspending, spending money where they didn't need to spend the money because they weren't looking at the comparable sales, analyzing the comparable sales, and determining their work through the comparable sales. Right.
1: That's the other side of the coin because we talk about being able to compete at the higher level and making sure you do enough work, but don't do work that's not required. Don't put finishes in there that are overbuilt for the neighborhood because then you're just... You're putting more money in that you won't get back out on the other side.
0: Right. Okay. So just to go over again, you've got your as-is appraisal. Mm -hmm. You've got your ARV appraisal. And so what's the third appraisal?
1: The third appraisal comes when you are exiting the project. If you're selling it, if it's a flip or retail, then there will be your buyer. Unless it's a cash buyer that's not going to ask for an appraisal. But the majority of the time, you'll have the lender from the, for the buyer complete a third appraisal.
0: Right. Because again, they're going to want to ensure that their investment is a sound one.
1: Correct. So the other exit strategy is, let's say this is a renovation for a buy and hold. So this is going to be a rental property that you're going to keep in your portfolio. When you go back to even if it's the same lender to finance for your burr or your for your refinance on your on your buy and hold, they will require an, an appraisal, which is done at the completion or renovation. So you now you have an as-is appraisal that will be completed on the finished product.
0: And I just, I, I'm so glad we took the time to explain those three appraisals because I think people get them confused. And I think explaining the appraisals also helps people understand why you run into problems with your lender when you want to change your scope of work. Exactly. Your lender doesn't want you to change your scope of work because if you change your scope of work, it affects the ARV.
1: That's, that's a great point. So you're in the middle of your project, you've run into a problem, and you need to make adjustments. Never, ever cut things off of your scope of work because, one, your lender's not going to, they will not give you the draws if you don't complete that work. But two, this final value, the third appraisal, is completed when the product is finished, when that project's finished. And if you do not complete the scope of work that you set forth for your ARV, then the final appraisal value could be lower than, than the ARV was and you won't make the sale or you won't get your refinance.
0: Because your ARV appraisal is really, it's based on speculation. It is. It's because it may take six months to get this project done and the market can always change. Um, There's a lot of factors there. So if you look at that ARV appraisal as it's really based on speculation right? and speculation, including the scope of work.
1: So that you compete, you complete the job with quality workmanship in the manner that you your scope of work said when you gave it to the appraiser the first time. This is what I'm going to complete. You have to complete that.
0: So when you break those down, it makes it a lot easier to understand why the lender requires what they do. Right. And how important your scope of work is and the details that you include in your scope of work. And why your scope of work needs to be based on the comparable sales.
1: It all ties together and there's there's a disconnect between the appraisals at the beginning of the project and what you're going to see at the end. And a lot of people don't even think about that appraisal. And it's it all goes back to your scope of work and ensuring that you know exactly what you need to get done and make sure you do it in a quality way uh, so that those appraisals will come as close as possible to each other.
0: Well, we hope that that has cleared up the three different appraisals that are going to occur anytime you do a value add project and you're borrowing money. Exactly. Well, congratulations. You made it to the end of our podcast. Did you know that only 5% of podcast listeners make it to the end of an episode? When I found that statistic out, I was really surprised. But it shows you have a high level of commitment and we need people like you spreading our message, which is the key to success in real estate Is through research and due diligence and that's what our podcast is about sharing stories about mistakes made is part of a research process it
1: is so we need your help we couldn't do this without you we need you to like and share our podcast and make sure you subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode also if you'd rate the podcast that lets other people know how much value you're getting from our show.
0: And because you're helping us, we promise to continue to provide quality content for our listeners. We want to help you continue to grow your real estate business. And right now on our website, thinklikeanappraiser.com, you can find 75 due diligence questions to ask. It's a free download. So get your copy today at thinklikeanappraiser.com.